Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins... I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So I've had a stalker for about four years now. He was never aggressive or sent me proper threats, so stubborn as I am, I did my best to ignore him and not give him the satisfaction of showing him any fear. To be honest, after a while I also wasn't even scared anymore since he almost never came close to me. I know being stalked can affect people severely, even in a case like mine, and that's totally valid, but I guess I just got lucky and was never really psychologically affected by it. His stalking behavior mostly just consisted of sending me letters and gifts such as photos of my own apartment building from the outside, things that he dug out of my trash can and so on. I called the police many times but they weren't able to or really tried to be honest to catch or identify him. But about three weeks ago I discovered the German version of the subreddit rima and thought that people might want to know about what it's like to have a stalker. Since I barely use any social media, aside from Reddit, and have no personally identifying information here, I didn't think that he'd ever see it. One person even asked, does he know that you're putting him on blast on Reddit? And I answered, maybe. Maybe it would make him angry. Maybe he'd be turned on. I don't know, and I don't really care. Well, I know the real answer now. He did see it, and he did not like it. Like I said, he was never aggressive and never came close to me. 
The closest that I know of was when he sent me a picture of myself, unlocking my apartment door, taken from the corner of the steps above. Sorry if that doesn't make sense. I really don't know how else to explain it, but I consider myself a pretty vigilant person and I'm thinking that he might have hit a camera there instead of being there to take the photo himself. I think I would have noticed him if he did. Anyway, I don't know how he got wind of the AMA, but he did. The next week was quiet, no letters, and I didn't see him anywhere. Then he left me letters with printed out questions and my answers from the subreddit. He also left me a long, hateful letter towards my boyfriend about an issue that I had posted. His letters were never hateful like that before, though he never seemed happy with my boyfriend. He wrote about how I should share the spotlight with him since I got so much attention thanks to him. A few days later, I got a gift, but this time he didn't leave it in my mailbox or at my car like he usually did. No, this time he left it inside the apartment building right in front of my door. I didn't take it inside my apartment, but opened it outside. It was a pretty big box, which was also unusual, and it was taped shut. As I'm sharing this, I realize that it wasn't a good idea at all and could have ended very badly for me, but luckily he didn't send me something terrible or anything. He did, however, send me several zip ties, a roll of tape, a TV remote with most buttons picked off, a pack of band-aids with a few used ones, and a framed picture of me. I could tell the picture was taken a few days ago and my boyfriend was next to me but cut out of the photo. The frame was shattered and the package was full of glass shards, clearly more than just what could have fallen out of the frame too and they were also intentionally put inside the crumbled newspaper that was stuffed in there and to keep it all in place and stuff. Anyway, I called the cops right away and gave it to them. They were more concerned this time, finally, thankfully, and told me that they'd send patrol cars more frequently. He didn't show up or leave me any letters or gifts for about another week and a half after that. But eight days ago, it started again. I found letters in my mailbox where he wrote about how he wasted his time on me, how I haven't been appreciating his effort, how he was wrong about me being special. Five days ago, I left my apartment in the morning and heard a crunch sound as I stepped on my doormat. He had put broken glass under it in the night. I went off to work because I was in a hurry and was just going to make my boyfriend call the police, but then I found my car had also been vandalized. The sides were scratched, the lights were smashed, and the windshield had a phrase painted on it. It's time soon. Miss my last name. I went back inside and called the cops myself. They found the same phrase on a note under the doormat. This time, they really, really took me seriously, which might have been because I was just, I don't know, angry at this point, which I made very clear. If for some reason you're like me and just too stubborn to be afraid of a stalker like mine, then all of this, the letters, the gifts, the photos, even the glass under my doormat, are just really annoying and inconvenient. But my car was useless to me now, and the threat, it scared even me. I did, however, have a dash cam in my car, and it caught everything. The police said that they would take the footage as evidence, even though the dash cam footage wasn't of high quality, and I had given them photos of him that were just as good before, but they said that it wasn't enough. And they told me that they'll look into it further and promise to send more patrol cars again. Then, it was quiet for two more days. Until two days ago. 
someone rang the doorbell at just after 4am. My boyfriend and I got up, but we were both hesitant, but I saw blue lights outside and just as I got up, I heard them shouting, this is the police, please open the door. They told us that they were called by one of the downstairs neighbors who came home from his night shift about an hour earlier and heard someone else enter the building after them before the door fell shut. My neighbors actually know of my situation and I've asked them to make sure that they don't let strangers into the building. This neighbor then went into his own apartment and looked through the peephole. We have motion activated lights in the stairway so he waited to see if they turned back on and they did. Then he saw a middle-aged man walk upstairs. Above this neighbor, there are only me and my boyfriend and a single mum with three kids who probably won't be getting any visitors at 3am. So, naturally, he called the police. They came and they found my stalker one half floor above me on the stairs. He should have been able to see the cop car since there's a little window up there and they had their lights on but he either missed them or wanted to get caught. They found a pocket knife on him and he confessed to being my stalker right away. He was finally caught. They got him. It took four years, a provocative Reddit post and one very vigilant and caring neighbor, but he's finally done. For now at least, he's facing several charges and I've collected every single piece of evidence over the past four years. I don't know what kind of outcome I can expect, but for now, at least I finally have some peace. What comes to mind when you picture the perfect roommate? One who comes when you call? One who doesn't forget to lock the doors? One who doesn't steal your milk just a little bit at a time, hoping you won't notice? At Apartments.com, they understand that. When it comes to roommates, a pet can be your best bet. They're easygoing, eat what you serve them, and never clog the toilet. That's why they have the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. And with instant alerts, you'll know the moment your perfect, pet-friendly place becomes available. So, when you need a place that's pet-friendly and human-tolerant, check out Apartments.com, the place to find your pet-friendly place. Admittedly, I was a foolish and immature teenage girl when I graduated high school 23 years ago. While others were focused on securing military futures and or furthering their education, I was really only looking forward to moving out of my parents' home and moving in with my high school sweetheart. It would end up being a huge mistake that I regret to this day, but I digress. For the sake of anonymity, we'll call him Jack. Though we lived in different towns and attended different schools, Jack and I had been dating a few years prior to graduation. When we weren't in school, we were pretty much inseparable, so it was no surprise to anyone when we started looking for a place to rent and move in together. What did come as a surprise, however, was Jack's suggestion to share a place with two of his friends so that we could all split the bills. It wasn't uh, quite what I had in mind, but... I was familiar with both of them and eventually, against my better judgment, agreed to having roommates. The four of us soon moved into the upstairs apartment of an old two-story house in a seedy neighborhood. Of course, it wasn't long before everything hit the fan as neither of the roommates consistently paid their share of the rent and the place was overrun by people who didn't even live there. The constant drug use, fighting, property damage, kicking out random people sleeping on the couch, etc., 
It was pure chaos, and I was just a, an outcast living somewhere I clearly didn't belong. But the worst part of it all for me was that Jack and I had grown apart. It was honestly as if I never even really knew Jack at all. Living in a house full of potheads and drug addicts for several months made me hate drugs too, and even weed to be honest. Yet I continued to smoke it myself in an attempt to find semblance of peace and happiness. My own friends would visit often, which also helped me to cope with all the stuff that I was living through to some extent. But still, any time that I had a reason to get out of that house, I did, and so was the case on Halloween night of that year. My friend, Steph, had stopped by to hang out and we both smoked for a bit before getting the munchies and realizing that it was Halloween. Being that there was never any food in the house, because someone would always steal it, we quickly recognized the solution to our problem and set out on foot to relive our youth and score some free chocolate bars. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Yes, we were too old for trick-or-treating. Yes, we should have been ashamed of ourselves for taking candy that was meant for little kids. Yes, we were selfish and immature. And no, we didn't care. We were just hungry. The timing was perfect though, as people had just started filing down the streets with kids in goofy costumes, racing from door to door. Steph and I weren't wearing costumes because, well, we were bums. And that's the answer that we gave every time that we knocked on a door and they asked. I'm sure that the ones who didn't question us had already figured that out when they saw these two wrinkled Walmart bags that we held open for candy. But having satisfied our munchies while eating candy along our little adventure, we decided to keep walking and knocking as long as we could to increase our future candy stash. It wasn't until streets were silent and empty, with nearly every porch light turned off, before we finally called it quits and began our long trek back to the apartment in the dark. The mood though, it soon changed on the walk back. You see, up to that point, it had been a fun and memorable night. But for some reason, neither of us could shake this awful feeling of impending doom, as if we were about to star in our own real-life horror movie. From a rational perspective, this fear was simply due to walking in the dark on Halloween and smoking a bit. But the fact that we never told anyone where we were going or what we were doing stuck in our minds. We weren't even sure if anyone knew that we left the apartments, to be honest. Not that any of them would have really cared, but the mere thought of nobody having a shred of information to share if we went missing somehow was suddenly quite unsettling. Anyway, the night air grew colder by the time that we finally found ourselves speeding down the hilly block of houses that led to my apartment, and we were both glad to see that the porch light in front of my door was still on. We slowed our pace toward the bottom of the hill and as we crossed the street toward the sidewalk, our fears soon became a reality. From behind a vehicle parked in our neighbor's driveway, a very tall man quietly stepped out of the darkness. As silly as it sounds, he was wearing what appeared to be a, a large hairy werewolf mask draped over his entire head, paired with Freddy Krueger gloves on his hands. He stared intently, gently tapping the long, spiky claws of one glove against his chest as he rounded the bumper of the vehicle before slowly moving toward us with each step. It was actually quite terrifying at first, but I quickly assumed that it must have been someone that we knew from the apartment trying to scare us. So, brave little me started laughing and mocking this stupid outfit. But what the man did next sent chills to my core. Still silent, he stopped moving, sort of cocked his head to one side, 
and lowered his hand from his chest. Then, he suddenly started speedwalking right toward us. A second wave of fear coursed through my veins as Steph and I instantly bolted across the sidewalk toward the front door. Steph made it through the threshold first and I leapt inside soon after, quickly turning to slam the door and lock it. I saw the wolf mask facing me immediately behind the door as I did so too, and just as I locked the deadbolt, he tried turning the handle from the other side of the door to get in. We were merely a split second away from, well, whatever that was. Steph and I collapsed on the floor trying to catch our breath as we heard him scratching at the door with his claws. Someone eventually looked down the stairwell to see what the commotion was about, but by that time, the scratching had ceased. As we made our way upstairs to see who was and who wasn't in the apartment, I was shocked to see a room full of people that included both of the guys that I suspected of pulling the prank, as they were a similar height and build to the man outside. One of the guys did go outside to see who might be trying to get in, but the man was long gone. Everyone in the apartment denied having anything to do with it, and to be honest, everyone was accounted for there, so it really didn't seem like it was them. The only other possibility that crossed my mind was the guy who lived below us with his wife and baby on the first floor, but when I later asked his wife about it, she told me that it couldn't have been him because they were all inside that night, and they didn't have any company either. Steph and I, we never did learn the true identity of the wolfman, and I guess we'll never know what his true intentions were that night, but I mean, perhaps it was all just a well-orchestrated prank by someone that we knew, right? Or maybe it was simply a prank by a random stranger. I prefer to think of it as a prank either way because regardless of who was behind the mask, the thought of this being anything other than a prank is, quite honestly, very disturbing. As for Jack, our relationship finally ended when I left him. After I moved out, he kicked his friends out of the apartment for not paying rent and he was stuck cleaning up the mess that they left behind too. It was a great time to man up for Jack, I suppose, but anyway, to anyone who made it this far, I guess the lesson here is trust your instincts, stay smart, stay safe, and stay sane out there, especially this Halloween. So this happened years ago in the 80s when I was 19. I live in a small town in the south and it was common to have bonfires in the woods on the weekends in the fall. My friend and I, both female, went to a spot where a few others were hanging out in an open area in the woods. There was a fire and we were all standing around drinking wine coolers and beer, just talking and hanging out. The main subject being a friend of ours who went missing a few days earlier. He was the kind of guy everyone knew but I wasn't close friends with him or anything. My friend is talking to someone though and a guy comes over to me and starts making small talk. He seemed a, a little bit weird and I only knew him as the guy who dated a girl that I went to grade school with. I couldn't quite understand why but I felt a chill and an eerie feeling while he was talking with me. So much so in fact that I walked away in the middle of his conversation and grabbed my friend and told her that we needed to leave now. She seemed a bit confused but could tell by my tone that something was wrong. When we got to the car, I told her that I couldn't explain it, but I just felt really uneasy. So we left, and we didn't think much else about it. Well, a couple of days later, the guy's body was found, the guy that was missing, in a shallow grave in the woods, and 
it was soon discovered that he was murdered over a dispute about a girl by none other than the weird guy making small talk with me at the fire. I still get creeped out thinking about just how casually he was just out in the woods hanging out knowing that he murdered a guy and that everyone was discussing the missing friend in front of him. A twist to the story too is that a few years later, he escaped prison and was on the run for about a week. I worked at a movie store at the time and one day a woman came in to rent a VCR and movies. She was on some kind of drugs and very obviously high. She was all over the place and her eyes were wide and she was talking non-stop. And then she proceeded to tell me that she was staying at a cabin at the lake with the escaped murderer that I just told you about. I acted normal and began filing out the info for her to rent and told her that I had to get something from the back. I called the law and I told them what she said and they ended up following her and catching the guy again. There were lots of creepy encounters growing up in the 80s. I loved growing up then but definitely had a lot of close calls and weird encounters when I was younger. And this one is one that I'll never forget. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I work in a retirement home and my job often requires me to go into the basement with a cart full of dirty laundry. That means that I have to use the elevator a lot. I've done this a thousand times already and never, ever did I hear or see anything unusual. Now, since I work in a retirement home, amongst a lot of other rooms in the basement, there is also a temporary morgue which is located opposite of the elevator entrance. This morgue was probably used at some point in time, but as long as I've ever been working there, it has never been unlocked. Nobody used that room for anything. Today, I was working as normal, going about my day, not feeling creeped out at all since it was the middle of the day and... I've been to this basement too many times already and never had the reason to be scared of it. I went down to the basement, emptied the dirty laundry in the laundry room and called the elevator down again since somebody had to use it. I pressed the button but the elevator wasn't coming down. 
Above me, through the closed elevator doors, I could hear two of my co-workers speaking and holding the elevator from closing. The space in the elevator is very acoustic and you can easily hear people on it from the basement all the way up to the third floor. At this point, I was getting a little bit annoyed because it was a particularly busy day and I didn't have any time to spare so I started knocking on the elevator doors to let them know that I was waiting for it. After a few knocks, it didn't seem to me that they didn't register it as someone knocking for them to get off the elevator, so I decided to knock in a little sort of melody or rhythm to get their attention. And this is where something very weird happened. But maybe five seconds after that knock, I started hearing knocking back. It didn't have any particular pattern, and it didn't have any particular pattern, and it sounded like literal knocking on a door. I first thought that it was coming from my co-workers above, but quickly realized that it was coming from behind me. I turned around to find the basement completely empty, and I couldn't quite figure out at first where it was coming from. That is, until I came a few feet closer to the sound. It was coming from the morgue. I froze. A thousand thoughts came rushing through my mind as I tried to somehow rationalize what I was hearing. I wanted to leave the card behind and just sprint up the stairs to get out of there when I heard the elevator finally coming down. It was the longest wait ever, but I finally got on and pressed the button to the third floor. I must have pressed it 20 times before the door closed too and got me out of there. Now, maybe all of this can be very easily explained away with it being an older building, sounds from the pipes or animals or something like that, and being a pure coincidence with my knocking, but... I never heard the building ever make a knocking sound on the door like that before, and it definitely sounded more than just an animal. Needless to say, though, whatever it was, it really creeped me out. So I, a 41-year-old female, have had a sleep condition called REM sleep behavior disorder that causes me to occasionally continue dreaming after part of my brain has woken up. So I can look around my room and see things that are just not there. This is common enough for me that after the initial panic wears off, I get over it pretty quickly. That is, until the night my partner at the time saw it too. So I woke up in my bed flat on my back. Above me was a solid black humanoid creature with smooth features, long thin limbs. Its mouth was open, very close to mine. I felt like it was studying me maybe. My heart was racing, as it always is when I have these sleep disturbances. I jolted in fear and the thing vanished. I took some big deep breaths and thought to myself how messed up that episode was. It felt really real. I felt its curiosity and its expression and... It was so close to my face that it was almost touching me. My dreams are usually vivid, but man, this was different. I felt my heart, which was beating like crazy, and took another breath to help slow it down. Then my partner in the bed beside me said, Did you see that too? I hadn't yet said anything out loud at that point, except for gasping for air, so I asked him what he saw. He said that he saw a black creature leaning over me. He said that it skittled down to the foot of the bed and over the edge. He said that it was a, a shadow person or something like it. I never heard of them, but I was freaking out at this point and turned on all the lights. I made him go look under the bed and there was nothing there. 
He was into supernatural stuff. I never was, and other than this event, I still am not. I prefer science, I guess. I, I like things that I can measure and explain. But this experience, him seeing something that I rationalized in my mind as a dream gone bad, just did not line up with my worldview. I didn't sleep that night. Everything just sort of buzzed with creepy energy and I wasn't having it. I mean, where did this thing go? Where the heck did it come from in the first place? What was it doing on my bed? Why was it looking so intensely at me? I have a son too and at the time he was about 14. I didn't tell him what I saw for obvious reasons. But when he was two he actually had a fever that induced a seizure at one point. It was a, a terrible experience for me more than him I guess but he was back to normal within maybe a few hours and I was traumatized for years. But any time that he got a fever after that he tended to become disorientated and easily confused. So he developed a fever in the night I don't even remember what it was from and I didn't know about it until the morning. He tells me, shaken, that he had a horrible, horrible night sleeping. He said that he felt like something was in the room all night. He told me that he saw a creature, a little black guy in his room. Every time that he opened his eyes, it would sort of back off, but when he closed them, it would always come closer. He said that it happened all night and he barely slept. It's important to note too that... I'm not into supernatural things at all. I don't really believe it in, in fact. Like I said, I sort of lean into science, but when my son told me this story, I leaned into whatever I could to clear out space of this unwanted guest. A friend recommended that I contact an elder from a local First Nations community and asked if she could help us. She came and did a ceremonial cleansing and blessing of our home and family as well and asked the ancient spirits to protect us and keep us safe. After that, we didn't see the shadow person again. I still cannot explain what happened that night. The elder said that there was a portal open near the center of our home, apparently, and she politely asked the being to leave, and I don't know, I, I guess it did. But we eventually moved out of that house, and to be honest, I, I really don't miss it. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. When I was younger, 18 to 24 years old, I worked at my family's trucking company. It was a small operation with around 17 trucks. I did the dock compliance and log auditing. 
One Friday as I was preparing to go home, I was informed that they had decided to open a warehouse as well and I would be responsible for setting it up and the daily operations. They handed me a set of keys for the building and an address to report to on Monday. Guessing being the youngest member of the family working there meant I was the first one to get moved around to other jobs. So, Monday comes and I show up to the building at 8 in the morning. It was an old metal manufacturing building that was built in the 60s. The company that originally built and occupied the building had closed years ago and the new owner had divided the building into 50 foot wide by 200 foot long sections that each had a long front door, a rear door with steps, dock door and plate and two small bathrooms built in the front left corner of the unit. After we had been open for a couple of weeks, they built a small office in the right corner of our unit so that I could have a space to set up a computer for inventory control and invoicing. As this was a small warehouse operation, I was the only employee. When we needed something shipped out to one of our customers, they would send our local delivery driver over with a tractor, a sort of trailer thing, to deliver the product. And at first, everything was good. I would show up and wait for orders to come in and then pull the pallets and let dispatch know that I needed the driver to bring the tractor trailer and make a delivery. It was a pretty boring job if I'm being honest as I was the only one there really. One day though after we had been open for about six months I was rotating pallets in the aisle and as I backed out of an aisle with the forklift I saw an old man out of the corner of my eye. As I was supposed to be the only person in the warehouse and I was certain all the doors were locked, I turned to cuss out whoever was standing there, but when I turned, there was nobody there. I chalked it up to my imagination and I went on about my business. It was probably two weeks before I saw the old man again, I think. I was getting pallets pulled for an order and I was backing out of the aisle and I saw him again out of the corner of my eye. He would always just be standing there in blue jean overalls and a red button-down flannel shirt. When I would turn to look at him, he was always gone though. This happened off and on for about a year when I was told that I was moving back to the main office and that they were hiring someone else to run the warehouse. I worked at the main office for about one year after that and they decided that they wanted to expand the warehouse by getting the section next to ours that had just been vacated. So now we had two identical sections and the owners were going to cut and frame a hole in the wall by the dock area so that we could use our forklift on both sides. So come Monday morning I start working at the warehouse with Jonathan, the guy that was hired to take my place. As this was an on-demand shipping warehouse for manufacturing companies, we had a lot of downtime there. I had been there for about a month and we were sitting in the office goofing about, just talking about this and that, and I mentioned how the warehouse was kind of creepy. Jonathan replies with, yeah, especially that old guy who you'll see standing at the end of the aisles as you're working. Now, I had never met him before working together and never mentioned seeing the old man to anyone. I mean, I would sound crazy, right? We started trading stories though about seeing this old guy and 30 minutes later we went back to work. After we had discussed the old man is when things started heating up though. We'd be working in the warehouse and we would hear the bathroom doors on the opposite side of the office wall open and slam closed. You would hear footsteps and when you went to investigate them there would be nobody there. To try and stop the bathroom doors opening and closing I even put padlocks on them. And this stopped it for a while 
But one day as we were sitting in the office, I heard the bathroom doors open and slam close so hard they shook the wall which was made of six layers of fireproof sheetrock. We ran to the other side of the warehouse and both doors were closed but the locks were laying on the floor still locked. I don't even know how that's possible to be honest. Fast forward six months and I get a call at midnight that one of our customers has an audit in the morning and needs to have a count of all their product in our warehouse by 8am. So I get dressed and drive to the warehouse. I get there at around 1 in the morning and have to walk 200 feet in the pitch black to the back of the warehouse to turn the lights on. I start doing the inventory when I hear three loud knocks on the back door. I just froze and listened. Then three more loud knocks on the door. I said to myself that there's just no way I'm answering that. Then the roll-up dock door, which is a good four or five feet off the ground, started shaking violently like someone was trying to rip it off. I threw my clipboard on the ground and I ran out the front door and jumped in my car. I was about three miles down the road when I pulled into a church parking lot and talked myself into going back to the locked doors. I drove around back to see if maybe it was a truck driver that had showed up early, but there was nobody around back in the dock area. I drove back around the front and I locked the door and went home. Now, the final experience was one night as I was going to bed. My wife always went to sleep before me as I'm a bit of a night owl. I had laid down in bed and just sort of started falling asleep when my wife goes, Why are you standing at the foot of the bed? When I say my heart stopped beating, I am not exaggerating. I sit up in bed and at the foot was a shadow figure just standing there and as I share this I still get cold chills just remembering it. I jumped out of bed and as soon as I did that it was just as if this thing just disappeared like didn't fade out or anything it just sort of vanished right before my eyes in like milliseconds. As this was during the age of the internet I started looking up information and the main thing that I kept seeing was, if it isn't trying to cause you harm, then just try speaking to it. So the next day when I went to work, I stood in the middle of the warehouse and just said out loud, I'm not sure who you are or what you want, but I acknowledge that you're here. I mean you no harm, I just work here and am here to do a job. You're welcome to stay here if you're friendly and I'll leave you alone if you leave me alone. I did similar when I got home, except I stated that this was my home and that they were not welcome. I wanted them to leave, and since that day, I surprisingly have never experienced anything else at the warehouse or my home ever again. I no longer work for my family or at our warehouse, but I still drive by there sometimes, and I think about the old man in the overalls. Hopefully, whoever he is, he's doing alright. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that 
and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. <laughs> this is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. If you're like us here at Chilling Tales and enjoy feeling your stomach filling with dread as dastardly demons dance in your head, make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe now to always be the first to enjoy the horror show. (laughs) 